This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the 2 for 250 and 2 for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. This is Jody Harley with Brownsburg Academy. Brownsburg Academy provides child care for families with classes focusing on child development. Brownsburg Academy provides daily activity reports, progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at brownsburgacademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033. This is Dave Thomas for TNT Tax. TNT Tax is a local small business that performs tax preparation for personal and sole proprietor businesses as well as LLCs. My wife and I have been preparing taxes together in our family-owned business for 25 years. TNT Tax is located at 5389 Rockville Road, Suite 900 in Indianapolis. Our phone number is 317-244-7900. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome into another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WYRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. 
we are going to speak with one of the all-time greats in Indianapolis radio history, the legendary Jay Baker. And of course, many of you will remember Jay from his years working with the Bob and Tom show. Also, uh, the famed character Dick Nixon, but Jay was so much more than that. He was a writer and Boy, just right there at the epicenter of some really, really compelling radio, not just in the history of Indianapolis, but all across our nation. And just a very funny guy. Jay also a very accomplished stand-up comedian. And from time to time, we like to check in with Jay and see how things are going. And on the program today, we're going to talk a little bit about, well, of all things, the inauguration of Donald Trump. Jay, a great guy to kind of look back and put some interesting perspectives on things so had a chance to uh, catch up with jay here's that conversation well we're speaking with the legendary the one the only jay baker jay thanks again rob and you know i gotta tell you i love the studios and what you've done with them you know the great thing about interviewing you and we always kid about this is we have to come to you because you're such a big star we have to come to you at your day job which is next to a major manufacturing plant so if you hear a drill (laughs) saw they're actually cutting some trees down out in the front of the front of the building uh we call it ambiance right well and you know the thing is isn't it intriguing that you have to have a day job because in the past we always perceived broadcasting is like wow if you were a broadcaster you'd probably be driven about the city in a limo but many broadcasters especially the ones that we know sadly the state of radio has become you you do it but you oftentimes have a full-time pursuit on the side jay told me like in your particular case uh, don't you uh, occasionally govern small cities and then uh go out and uh, and you you sell a little amway as well so yeah so so rob is not immune from this process yeah jay told me yesterday he goes it'll be a little muddy and a little loud and i thought oh sure it will and uh, it is a little muddy and a little loud but it's a chance to talk with you now jay i'm curious because you were such a big icon you know of indianapolis listeners in the 80s and 90s another guy who was an icon donald trump he's now been sworn in as president by the time this airs did you ever think we would live in a world where donald trump would be the president of the united states well absolutely not uh you know i think you and i have spoken about this in the past uh i graduated high school in the late 70s so our concept of uh, political parties and who could become president those were very laid out and we've talked about you know in the past few years the so-called dynasty approach you know the bush family they're really tied in the clintons obviously very tied in and and of course that backfired in the last election but when i was in high school the phraseology was uh there were people that had come to johnny carson who was the most popular entertainer of his era and they just said johnny carson could be elected to president because of the name recognition and the fact that people felt like they knew him from watching him. I think Ronald Reagan benefited from the charisma of his acting career and turned out to be a splendid president because you and I know that that ability to really connect with people is what really sets some of the great presidents apart. Uh, When you read historically about Harry Truman, Harry Truman was kind of thrust into the role, literally, of becoming the president. He was never very comfortable. He was not an orator. He was not a cuddly guy. Now we have a very charismatic guy who, through force of will, became president. And this wasn't a fluke. This isn't like, oh, four people voted for him in this one state in the Electoral College. And No, this was, this was America speaking. Now, We've always talked about this in all elections. It's almost a 50-50 split. 
And there are several key important states, but some of those states that were democratic in the past said, we're tired of the nonsense. Our blind allegiance to this has fall, made us fall by the wayside. Well, you're an interesting guy to talk to this about, too, because you grew up in, in Elkhart, right? Right. And and that was a manufacturing capital, and it was really the manufacturing states that ended up these traditional blue wall states right. that went for Trump. And, and why do you think those people, all these years later, these states that have gone since 1988 for Democrats, finally flipped over to a Republican? Right. You and I both know, in a perfect America... Well, it's almost like the Garrison Keillor line. You know, all the women are beautiful, all the men are above average, all the children are, you know. It's a situation where in a perfect America, Rob, everybody would go to an outstanding university. You and I, we got our educations through, you know, state universities. You know, we didn't go to Harvard. And it's great that we still live in an America where people can go to Harvard. It's great that we have a Harvard churning out students. You and I both know that's not going to be every scenario. So if you say, I have an America where people enjoy their freedom, they enjoy the rights of being part of an America, and obviously whenever immigration policy comes up, we know that a lot of people would love to be Americans. But we also say that if an American wants to get up in the morning, they want to work, they want to be part of all this, Hey, maybe they're not a Harvard scholar, but they're really good with their hands, but the local plant closes down. And you're right, Elkhart was that perfect example of that. It's one thing if a guy doesn't want to want to work, doesn't oh, that was well put, you know, I speak for a living. <laughs> it's one thing if a guy doesn't want to work and is gaming the system, but what happens when you take the job out from under him? That guy had no part and parcel of that. But you and I know that we've lived in an America where far too long we've ignored the fact that we have to take care of everyone in our nation. It's Take Rob to Work Day on the show. We're with the legendary Jay Baker at <laughs> Jay's Fine Place of Employment. By the way, we're waiting for the train to go past. Does well, that'll train, be happening soon, yes. Does the train still run on time? <laughs> the train here? runs on time. That's another thing. You know, it was funny. We were talking about economies. <laughs> the trains run right behind uh, this building. And when the economy is returning... The trains are running like crazy. They've been running all they, – just prior to this broadcast, they were running like crazy. It's very interesting, too. You take a guy like yourself who you were so good at what you did and, and still are because you were on the pulse of people. Like you, being funny is knowing what's going on, and, and you were able to always look at things and walk right up to a line where people would still go, that's hilarious, but you didn't cross it. Does Donald Trump, does he cross a line? Because a lot of people love his Twitter, and a lot of people say this is the worst thing ever. Yeah, isn't it interesting? Um, we want a president to be an accessible guy. Obviously, it was Trump's charisma. I mean, here's what was really funny. I mean, the the show Apprentice with Trump was a great show. I think Celebrity Apprentice is suffering a little bit without Trump because he, you know, technically the president can't be on a game show. <laughs> he booted Lovitz <laughs> off this week. Who kicks John Lovitz off a game show? Can you imagine that the president-elect of the greatest country on the planet? He's hobnobbing with Vince Neal. <laughs> Sell more muffins, you know. But, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think we want everybody to be accessible. We urge them to be this, you know, hey, that's nice if President Obama gives me a soundbite, but I really want to hear from his heart. In a strange way, some of the backlash against maybe Trump going over the line is America saying, yeah, I said I wanted that, but maybe I don't. You and I have always talked about that. People will say, um, I want this, but when you give them that, it's really, well, I didn't want it 
that much or I, I wanted a, it to be a slightly different shade of red or whatever you give them. So I think in a strange way, they're going to get a more realistic uh, president because this is not a polished uh political machine president this is more of a guy who said look i made my living in the rough and tumble streets of new york and i know the art of the deal it's interesting watching these confirmation hearings too by the way you see you would have been a great mayor see i know they wanted you to run for mayor of lawrence at one point see you love politics you're so i do i love it. politics yeah let's talk about that real quick because he's a celebrity politician celebrity politicians don't have the best track record jesse ventura sure. schwarzenegger you at one point were approached about running for mayor of a fairly large municipality. You decided not to do it. Is that because you said, hey, you can't really be a super funny celebrity and be a mayor? Well, you know what's funny about super... Or a president. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny about super funny celebrity? Um, the uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the comic who became the mayor of Hillsborough, Ohio. Uh, and he's on Bob and Tom. Yeah, show. he's on Bob and Tom all the time. Yeah, but point point being, he's bumped up against. Is it Drew Hastings? Yeah, Drew Hastings. Yeah. There we go. I, I, you know, you you get bumped up against. Okay, funny boy. <laughs> now you are. You know, it's great that your charisma and perhaps your your interest and, and your your passion uh, has led you here. But now you know you've seen it before. Sadly. Uh, Sometimes you get into a system where it's now same old, same old, and no matter what type of charisma you bring to the plate, it's hard to muster the public support that you need. Do you think you could have been a mayor? Do you think you could have? I mean, realistically, could you have been Jay Baker, mayor of Lawrence? I think I could have been. I think you would have been really good at it. I think it would have been interesting. I think, well, remember what I told you, the guy that I met with, um, they met with another consultant because thankfully there are consultants that actually have some knowledge of what to do. You can't do this. Why not? Well, because you'll fall 60 stories and kill yourself. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, he pointed out that now with a city the size of Lawrence, uh, you know, I think 45,000 people and, you know, directly abutting uh, Marion County. And then they have a lot of uh, deals with uh, water company and, and utilities and things like that. He said that what would happen is, he goes, that's too complex of a job. He goes, what we need is a celebrity mayor in a town like, and he mentioned Sheridan right. or Frankfurt. You know, it's, it's you know, celebrity mayor of Frankfurt is, is a better call. Right. Much in the same way Drew Hastings is celebrity mayor of Hillsborough, right. not Cincinnati. <laughs> now, we did have celebrity mayor in Cincinnati. And that, sadly, didn't go very well either. It was uh, the the fabulous Springer. Uh, Jerry Springer. Yeah. So, and Jerry Springer, unfortunately, wrote a check to a prostitute. And you and I know you, you're in the political world, Rob. You can't do that. People just don't understand prostitution. You can clearly <laughs> trade, You can clearly <laughs> hand out your services. You just can't pay for them. That's it's, right. it's totally anti-American. Well, you always right? have to say, would this sell on Main Street? And really, even Las Vegas says, no, this won't sell on Main well, Street. Well, it's interesting you say that because covering government now, I try to do it much different than everybody else. I try to bring a very... Uh, direct approach to it yet funny yet point out things that are ridiculously stupid like the fact that we have 440 million dollars of sales tax on gasoline that doesn't go to roads yet they claim we got to raise taxes to fund roads people get so defensive about this stuff right. no fun of any kind as dean warmer used to say yeah well you know it is funny you have to have a tax structure if you will and then like you said some of the things that where it's easy to pile on well, we're going to use a small amount of gas every day. We're going to smell. We're going to sell a small amount of soda each day. We're going to sell a small amount of cigarettes each day. If we could just tack on four cents per unit, w w the money we'd have. <laughs> and you know too, 
that sadly, once you tack on some of these taxes, they don't go away. That famous restaurant tax, I'm all for. I thought that was somewhat brilliant. Hey, it's going to be a penny on the dollar, and you're going to build a sports facility, and the entire not only the primary county, Marion County, but the donut counties will benefit from it as well because you're not going to say, I live in Fishers. I would never attend a Colts game. That's Marion County. (laughs) (laughs) So point being is, you know that once those taxes are on, they don't go away. And then all of a sudden you say, well, if you look over here, it's a little bit like office space. Remember? Uh, Where a a small amount of graft is generated with each transaction. You know, all of a sudden now you have an account that has $44 million right. in it, and but it's not really being utilized in a way that's beneficial to everyone. Again, our guest is the legendary Jay Baker. Jay, you read so much. It's fascinating when we sit here. I wish we could record our, pre, uh, our pre-interview <laughs> conversations. So I no longer have a, a permission to broadcast on FCC airwaves. But uh, it's fascinating because you're so well-versed in things, and you're always able to explain things in a simplified way where you go, that really does make sense. Do politicians just not read, or are you just that smart? Well, I I just think that reading's available for everybody. And by the way, I'm trying to bolster Jay's uh, run. Should Susan Brooks run for U.S. Senate now that Jay's up in Fishers, he could run for that uh, U.S. congressional seat. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But what do you uh, read? Well, you know, the, the two books that I'm reading uh, right now, one of them is uh, They're Playing Our Song, which is about Carol Bayer Sager, who is a famous songwriter. She wrote a million hits with uh, with quite a number of people uh you know well known for a lot of uh, you know like you know uh songs from uh oh Burt Bacharach right, sure. you know all the songs sure. and then and then she and Burt were married but anyway uh what do you then, think it was uh, like to be married to Burt Bacharach apparently according to this book it's a lot of work <laughs> to be married to Burt Bacharach <laughs> And then I'm reading a book uh, called On Living, who was it was written by a hospice chaplain, and it just talks about uh, people who, in hospice care, the things that they wish they had done differently. So I just feel like we there's a wonderful education afforded to everyone. It's in the public library. Right. And you're a big public library guy. I am big on public libraries. And in fact, when uh, Indianapolis was going to shut down, the uh, Brooks, uh, the the uh, the wonderful Carnegie Library over here off of uh, in Brookside Park. Right, sure, I was really upset about that because that library, a lot of people in that community, and that's a tough community now. Sure, I mean that's an area that's been hit hard by economics. They rely on that library not only for the books, but internet access and a lot of other things now jay you've got two options here to make sure that library never closes as i said you can run for susan brooks seat when she inevitably runs in the primary (laughs) against uh to to run against donnelly or you could just skip that and go right for the senate uh, nomination yourself well i think so i think uh the higher up the ladder i shoot you know yourself from uh your political background that uh you you need to sort of take baby bites and work your way up despite the (laughs) fact that you were ready to be president at age 22 I, I remember vividly your your early years of going, I've got great ideas. It, let's talk about radio for a second because you are as funny, if not more funny, than you ever were when you were making you know literally hundreds of thousands of people laugh every <laughs> single day. The industry has changed so much, though. Is it frustrating for a guy like you? I mean, you're still on a great station in Q95, but you say, man, the industry has changed so much, and I feel like I could do 
just as much, if not ten times more, at this stage in my career. No, I appreciate you saying that. I'm I'm in a situation, and I, I have to be a tiny bit careful because I am employed by a by a, a radio station, but. You know, everything is sold, and I understand that. And I also understand that, you know, we have low attention span world. It's my generation's fault. Well, <laughs> we ruined it for you, Jay. Did you I'm ruin sorry. it? But we were, we've, we've been told, you know, that you need to captivate or really capture people's attention in seven to nine seconds, or they'll just completely tune you out. Well, you know, now we're in a situation where um, you have to make a quick point, but it's sponsored, and you have to really. Sure grab them in nine seconds, I think it puts a real strange set of parameters on people that did their broadcasting in the 70s and 80s. And it's it's probably an interesting thing for you, too, because as you said, you had a sponsor, whatever the show was, and you were at Q in the early days. You could read that sponsor, and you could talk it up, and you could have some creativity on how you sold the sponsor. And now it's literally, because we're in such a politically correct world, it's read the script, don't deviate from yeah. the script. Well, and you know, the sponsor, they have a little bit uh, of that writing on it as well. Uh, you know, the famous sponsor that you were talking about uh, was uh, a tool rental company, and they've since sold out to a big corporate giant. But what was great about that tool rental company was the people said, what if they make fun of you? And they go, that's great. Yeah. Absolutely great. I mean, we'd prefer for you not to talk about horrendous customer service, but... <laughs> You know, anything else is all fair game. And, you know, their big thing was don't be a tool, rent one. Yeah. We made that company famous, and obviously, wonderfully, in this world of, of economics, they sold that company for a lot of money. It's fascinating to me because, obviously, like on this show, we have to be so careful because we're somewhat a community program. We deviate a little bit sometimes, but it's interesting. I've had people approach us and say, hey, we'd be interested in you doing this. And I'd say, well, in order for that to work, We'd have to create this sort of program outside of the realm of traditional radio airwaves. Right. I think, you know, in a perfect world, Rob, what you're talking about is uh, that everyone would go back to trusting each other. You know, broadcasters in the past trusted sponsors because that was their revenue stream. The sponsors were saying, no, I trust the entertainment content I'm getting right. from the radio station. Um, radio stations are regulated more heavily than you know. I think America could go back to, you know, we're talking about making America uh, great again. Let's make it more entertaining again. I think you could go back in the radio world and if there were enough smaller owners, go back to, no, we're providing entertainment. We're not just providing a, a product. And that's the part that I worry the most about radio. It is now become more product-oriented. We're more beholden to the sponsors. We're more beholden to the short attention span. And I think it's too bad, but I'm not necessarily. I'm not real sure what I know what I could do about it at this moment. Not unless I suddenly had the money, uh, you know, from the lottery. Now, Jay, I don't know if you knew this, but I did get a chance to uh, meet my hero, who you were so influential in my early uh, days of learning about and appreciating the great Bruce Springsteen. Oh, that's terrific. I'm uh, so glad. And the whole time I was in line, because I won the golden ticket to get to go to the meet and greet, uh, it was like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, I was thinking uh, this this very famous story that I tell all the time. When I was very young. I first started in radio. Jay used to let me sit in there with him, and I would tell stories, and I would say, Jay, there's the line at the end of the river, and it's so prophetic. And it's, <laughs> it says, a dream, is a dream alive if it doesn't come true, or is it something worse? And I was like, Jay, that's just that's what life's all about. And Jay just... <laughs> the end of his shift calmly looks at me and says you know rob 
sometimes they just put words in songs because they rhyme and just walked out of the studio. And I was sitting there in the Crushed your soul. The whole time thinking about, could you get one minute of Dr. Bruce Springsteen? I thought, should I ask him that? Was that really life or did it just rhyme? Now, you had one minute. See, and I don't even know the answer to this question. You had one minute with Bruce Springsteen. What did you ask? You know, I've thought about this for years, and we'd always talked about sure. that because you're a huge Michael Stanley fan. Absolutely. And, and uh, did you get a chance to meet? Michael yes, Stanley? in fact, uh, like you said, my dreams came true when they dropped Michael off at the Q95 Studios, and he actually sat in the studio with me for three hours. It was bliss because, yeah. like you said. As you start to get friendlier and friendlier, now the guy's telling you some great stories. <laughs> Obviously, not all of them could be played on the air, you know, but yes. So you had, well, I got three hours, you got one minute, yeah. and I feel a little bit bad that I got three hours, you only got one. Well, and you were, you know, like, uh, he wanted to come see you, you know. He was forced <laughs> by I was the guy that just happened to win life's lottery and get a lucky ticket. But uh, I'd always thought about this. I thought, what would you say to Bruce Springsteen? And I, I thought it was interesting, like, you're in line, and it's this it's this big line of people, so you can see the people that are before you going up. Right. And I always kept thinking of that scene in A Christmas Story where the kid gets kicked down the That's slide. That's right. Yes, absolutely, yeah. And I always thought, what would I say? What are you going to say to move Bruce Springsteen? And I always thought, he's heard it all. You know, what is he hasn't heard? You know, what, what am I going to say? Sure. Darkness on the edge of town changed my life. You know, I mean, has he heard that one? The weeping, grown men weeping at his feet. But I thought, I just said, hey, I want to say thank you for all you've done. Your music meant a whole lot to me. It really impacted my life, and thank you for being Bruce Springsteen. Cool. And he just looked at me and said, oh, no, thank you, man. No, that's great. And I'm glad he was gracious about that because, yes, wouldn't you have been slightly soul-crushed if you thought, no, I was going to give him a very thoughtful one minute, and then he just blew you up. Yeah, whatever, kid. Get back in line. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, the whole time I'm sitting in line there, and it was like two-hour wait, you know, to get the thing started, and I was towards the back of the lucky people that got to go, but I thought, should I ask him this so I can just tell Jay? Fifteen years later, I can tell Jay. No, he really meant it, man. It was no, a change. That's great. Life. I felt I was thinking of you the other day. Uh, we get this little news service, and uh, apparently Bruce was on a motorcycle late fall in yeah. Jersey, and apparently his motorcycle broke down. Yeah. And some guys rode by on their motorcycles, and they thought, ah, oh, we should go help that guy, give him a ride. They pull up. <laughs> it's Bruce Springsteen. So Bruce is going to call his management team and have them come out and help and everything. But those guys apparently drove off while they waited till Bruce got some help, and they sat around and had a couple beers. <laughs> what and a I, dream, right? And I thought to myself, yeah, because in an impromptu setting like that, and if you think about it, like you said, Bruce is really glad they showed up because you don't want to be standing by the side <laughs> of a road waiting to get your motorcycle fixed. By the way, if you'd have had one minute with Michael Stanley – only would, one minute. What would, what would you have said to him? Because Michael Stanley is your is your Springsteen, and yeah. it's interesting because Springsteen was such an influence on on Michael Stanley. Well, yeah, and it wasn't an interesting when I told you. I said, I know this is crazy, but there's an artist that was influenced so heavily by Springsteen that, in a way, he is kind of like a Springsteen helper because of. Remember, we talked about several key pivotal yeah. lyrics, etc. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would have probably told him, like you said. There's a couple of songs, Michael, that quite frankly, if you hadn't written them, the world would have been a far less cool place. And, you know, an artist like that, at the end of the day, I've always thought about that. And I never, obviously, I wasn't going to broach this with Michael while he was there for three hours. Because you want to you want to be a man in some capacity, right? Yeah. I mean, you, wanna, you don't want him to think, man, this guy, what a wussy. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, with him, you at the end of the day, 
he's always going to be Michael Stanley, and only a handful of people are going to know who he is. Now, they were, they, were, they were glad that he made the contribution he made, but he's not Bruce Springsteen. And you and I both know there can only be one Bruce Springsteen. But there may be 30 Michael Stanleys out there, undoubtedly there are, of guys who are really good, really competent, great storytellers, but it just it didn't quite connect and make that connection. But you would also would say to those 30 Michael Stanleys, you did make a difference. People heard your music at the right time. And you and I know, we've talked about this, it, music is so personal because in, unless it's just an artist you abhor, you can connect with just about everybody. I mean, you know, uh, George, when George Michael passed away, his music sales obviously, you know, 800% increase. Why? Because people suddenly realized, no, I missed hearing some of those songs. Yeah. Some of them were obviously written to be pop songs. You know, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, <laughs> hopefully is not like, that song meant so much to me, helped me get over a lot of things in my life. You know, Robbie, I had some overdue library books, and some things were going wrong in my life, but then when I heard Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, I, I regrouped. <laughs> well, and it's interesting, I think the greatest legacy of a guy like Michael Stanley is that some 20 years later, you meet some young guy in a radio station like me and go, Hey, you're really gonna like Lover. You're really gonna like My Town. You're really gonna, you know, lo love all of these great Michael Stanley songs. And then there's some young kid who's just broken into radio, and now he's a great Michael Stanley fan. Yeah, and we talked about some of the great, you know, core artists of the '70s that you really tapped into immediately. Remember, I told you, I said you got to listen to Jackson Brown. You've got to listen to some of the stuff that you know Van Morrison is singing yeah. about and stuff. And so, yeah, so I think it is interesting that. These are obviously very personal things, and they can be handed down. And thanks to recording, they last forever. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're winding down here. I want you to tell us one story, and then I have a surprise for you. We're at work with Jay Baker today. Oh, I, I, I need a surprise. You know, with you, all the sawing that's been going on, I need always, a surprise. You guys always used to do the take take the uh, talent to work day on Bob and Tom, so we got a chance to actually go, I to, appreciate work, it. go to work with you. I want you to tell this story because this video has surfaced, and you told this story for years, and it's a, an important story to me because my dad told me this story about hearing this on Bob and Tom long before I ever met you. Dennis DeYoung did a live day at Bob and Tom, right. and he played Come Sail Away, and, and Dennis DeYoung is a huge part of my musical listening because my dad had that, that great album, which he first heard on live day with Bob and Tom, and this video has surfaced of Dennis DeYoung doing... Um, come sail away live, right. live day on Bob and Tom and you, you're you in it and it's Mark Patrick and Bob and Tom and all the great characters singing background I don't know if you've had a chance to see it or not oh yes and, and, and it's just so amazing and, and like you said that was in an era where it was like this is so exciting. I mean, the artist is not burned out. We're so excited. I mean, part of it was for us is, Mr. DeYoung, you could just own the radio station, whatever you want. What What was it like? Because you said he was a little, uh, well, phenomenal talent. He was a little difficult to deal with, right? Well, you know, like any great artist. First of all, I think I don't think rock stars of that era were used to being up at 7 in the morning. <laughs> I'll, I'll grant them that first thing, you know, <laughs> probably, I mean, you might have, you know, 7 a.m. maybe at the end of a long night, but also I think too, uh, because a guy like that is such a perfectionist, you know, obviously the big thing getting over is, you know, I don't like this piano. I don't like the height of the seat. I don't, yes, Mr. DeYoung, let me get that for you. I don't want cream cheese on my bagel. Yes, Mr. DeYoung. You know, so there was a little bit of that. Right. But just overall, yeah, for us, the excitement of just being in the same room with these guys. I and mean, it's so cool now that YouTube exists because that video has surfaced and it's like, 
oh my gosh, the story that you have told me, you know, 20 times and I've worshipped the story because we <laughs> love DeYoung. And my dad, you know, telling me about he hearing that live on the radio some whatever it was, you know, 30 plus years ago now. Right. And it's just phenomenal to be able to see that and go, wow, that really did happen just like that. Yeah, it was really funny. I got a chance to internally hear the tape of when he was tuning up before we even went on live. And that was sort of the prickly pear stuff of that, you know, but you got it. It's almost amusing in retrospect, yeah. you know, because it wasn't like the guy was a monster. It was just, that was a guy who obviously was very tuned in to, right. I want to do a good job. Right. And, and his live show is still phenomenal because he does take it so seriously. Oh, yeah. It's not Mick Jagger who may have had a few beverages before he gets on stage. Well, and don't you hate it, Rob, because you do love sticks so much. There's that uh, optimist slash idealist part of your brain that says, what if they'd stayed together forever? Right. And, you know, when it doesn't happen, to me, it, it breaks my heart. Yeah. You know, and almost every band has that thing. You know, I think some of these bands, famously, guys don't get along. Jagger and Richard don't get along. Yeah. Tyler and Perry and Aerosmith. and But they keep it together because they go, hey, corporately, we're worth so much. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I want to close with this. This is going to air on the 20th. The 21st is a big day for me. Uh, I always remember because it's Martin Luther King Day. 15 years ago was my first day in radio. Wow. And I would have been kicked out as an intern because some of the things I did, <laughs> I did some things that were cool before they were cool. Uh, but I got a chance to hang around and not only hang around, but hang around and then get paid to hang around because of you, Jay. And, really? and I mean, you know, we all know the Quins, God rest their souls, would have fired or not. They're not dead. I don't mean that. Sure. <laughs> but God love their souls, I guess is what I mean. Would have fired me a long time. But you were always the voice in there that said this guy has some talent and he has some ability. And I think he can make something of himself. And a lot of what I have, I owe to that first start in radio so i wanted to say thank you 15 oh, years later no thank we you. still have all of our hair which is amazing <laughs> <laughs> no thank you so much that, no that's a great story and remember what i told you is that you know um this business is so so interesting and you do spot guys that sort of have that uh, it, it, it was really funny Anybody on the planet could be in radio. Uh, anybody that is listening to our voices right now, you could be on radio. I could train you in five minutes. You could be on the radio. Here's the thing I could never train you. I can't train you to have passion. And you had passion, and I could see that. And so thank you. But, yes, isn't it funny that, that people that own the station are going, let's get rid of them. And then I'm like going, well, no, you might want to reel them in a little bit, but let's keep them. Yeah, and, and in all fairness, I should have been fired. But thank you, Jay. Jay, it's always a pleasure to talk with you, and we're very excited about your inevitable run for U.S. Congress uh, well, in the near future. I think uh, seeing clearly that in this ever-changing uh, political landscape, I'm going to run for county surveyor and then work my way up that was the legendary the one the only the great jay baker and don't forget if you missed any part of today's conversation check out a podcast anytime you want we're on soundcloud and itunes now download the show right to your smartphone or tablet go back and listen anytime you want completely free of charge all you have to do is search central indiana today as always the podcast presented by mcdonald's until next time i'm rob kendall saying have yourself a great evening You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. 
An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street next to Ben Davis High School for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. This is Jody Harley with Brownsburg Academy. Brownsburg Academy provides child care for families with classes focusing on child development. Brownsburg Academy provides daily activity reports, progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at brownsburgacademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033. This is Dave Thomas for TNT Tax. TNT Tax is a local small business that performs tax preparation for personal and sole proprietor businesses as well as LLCs. My wife and I have been preparing taxes together in our family-owned business for 25 years. TNT Tax is located at 5389 Rockville Road, Suite 900 in Indianapolis. Our phone number is 317-244-7900. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.